It's time to cover all things Catholic in the heart of South and Central Texas. Live from the studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, get ready to rise and walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. All right, folks, and we are back with another show here in the wonderful studio in the San Antonio area. And uh, we got Julie with me today. Yeah, all right. I'm back. You know, I was driving to the office today thinking, oh, wow, I'm actually back after two weeks. It just, whenever I have to skip a week, it's for personal family things. When I have to, it feels like a long time since I've been back to the show. So I'm really happy to be on the air with you on Rising Walk. And I'm welcoming all our listeners to another great episode. We're going to have a great show today. Amen, amen. Again, so thank you for joining Julie and me today. I had to update my script because it's been saying I've been flying (laughs) solo, uh, but not not this time. Uh, But let's get praying right away. Absolutely. Uh, Actually, we've got a great prayer for you today, folks. So please join us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, our Father, you have given us life and intended us to have it forever. Make us aware and renew our conviction that all human life is sacred because it is created in your image and likeness. Give us the knowledge and compassion to teach by word and example the preciousness of every single human life. Give us the strength to defend, to, to defend human life against every influence or action that threatens or weakens it. When an unborn child is described as a burden or as a possession to keep or discard, depending on convenience or circumstance, help us to speak the truth that every unborn child was willed into existence by God and therefore has a right to life. Give us the grace to proclaim that no one ever has the authority to destroy it. Almighty Father, give us the courage to proclaim the supreme dignity of all human life and to demand that it be protected and cherished from conception to natural death. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe. Pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. St. Anthony the Padua. Pray, pray for, for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, that's Ooh, a great can prayer you, guess you sent our, me. Can you guess our topic for today? Uh, yes, yes, but don't give it away yet. Don't give it away yet. You know, of course. Uh, <laughs> that with, was an awesome with, prayer. It, it really was. Maybe I should make that <laughs> one of our permanent ones that we just switch, <laughs> switch out here and there. Um, folks, hopefully uh, many of you, the higher percentage of listeners out there, uh, have already voted voted early. Absolutely. Uh, We're planning on doing it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I, I, I need to have the reference in front of me, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'm going to summarize it, but maybe I, yeah, I should have it there. I will look it up during one of our breaks. But Catholics have a moral obligation to vote. Absolutely. But to vote with a formed and informed conscience. That's the important caveat there. Yeah, Absolutely. You can't just say, I'm going to go straight this, straight that. I'm going to know this guy, that guy, right. or whatever. They're just... Uh, look it all up, and there's many uh, many voters' guides out there that you can find that'll help you guide you through this process. So see, I'm, not, I'm not endorsing a candidate. I might make sure I follow all the rules, but just encourage you to get out there and exercise your right. Your, your and one of the things vote. I would encourage you to do is to remember that our Catholic faith should um, influence every single aspect of our lives. And one of the things I'm being reminded of is that Father Paco made it very clear last week on the Theology Roundtable that we've been sort of talking about. Um, that there is no separation of church and state in the catechism or in the Constitution, and it should really infiltrate your entire life. If you are a Catholic, you should be looking at the entire world, at every single issue, through the eyes of a Catholic, with the heart of a Catholic. And therefore, it requires discernment, and you have to pray and be knowledgeable about your Catholic faith and what it teaches, and therefore, use that 
to vote. And as you're talking about that, I mean, the whole show is running through my head because we heard it. <laughs> I'm going to post a link to that show, the Absolutely. audio for the open line, uh, the Theology Roundtable on Friday, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. It's a great show. Yes. And, and I can tell, I was talking with our guest today that when I was in the, I was in the car when this was airing on EWTN last week. And I was literally hooting and hollering <laughs> and texting you because this show was so fantastic. So for those of you who may not have heard Richard's show last week, I was not with you and you had Deacon David uh, Delaney, David Delaney mm-hmm. with us. And the topic was about voting with a Catholic conscience and all about being Catholics and voting. But what was really important about this theology roundtable that we were using as a resource it really addressed all the circumstances which you will find in your regular conversation with other Catholics and, and even with people who are outside the church about what the, the issues are. And if you want to know how to really defend your position from a Catholic perspective on voting for things that are important, you have to listen to this, this theology <laughs> roundtable, EW10. Yeah, no, it is just, so wow. Excellent. It it will respond to every single argument. The things that you get stumped on and you're worried about having political conversations like the with feelings, people. The feelings. The feelings feel and like- doesn't one thing weigh more than the other? Um, can't I discern and decide the opposite of what the church teaches? All these things are literally discussed. And what's fantastic is that for those of you who have really been yearning to hear the truth from the priests of our church, Father Spitzer and Father Pacwa are on this roundtable and they lay it down. Yep. So it is excellent. It's an excellent resource. So I invite you to listen to the Rising Walk show from last week, but also to listen to the Theology Roundtable that Richard's going to link below because yep. it's so important to be really versed in the issues. Amen. So hope, hope Sanchez got Can you tell says, I'm a little passionate yep, about yep, it? Yep, sure. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Hope's t- uh, tuning in from Kerrville area, so Yay, she's going to be voting Hope, on Friday. God bless you. you got to so, tell me where you got that Our Lady Fatima statue. I know, she yeah, posts, I Oh, it's so gorgeous. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're not okay. stalking you, though. Just let me know. <laughs> Uh, of course, 40 Days for Life is continuing Absolutely. on right now. Absolutely. All things pro-life today. Uh, Absolutely. It is such a joy to see people standing on the sidewalk. There are people who stand on the sidewalk sidewalk all the time. But in particular, doing 40 Days for Life, it is a powerful thing to participate in. And I highly suggest that you participate. If you've never done it before, take courage and know that it is very easy to do. And it is such a grace. You will get incredible blessings and graces from participating amen, in it. Amen, amen. Getting out there, get, pray, please. There's get various times. Get out there times. and pray. You know, you can look up the, the 40 Days for Life, the campaign. You can I'm sure you type in 40 Days for Life and put in San Antonio as well, and you, you'll get the link there. <laughs> you can sign up there. You can see what other groups are signed up and maybe show up with a group or just go out there by yourself and, and pray. Jesus uh, is always there with you. Our ladies right over the building, so you won't be alone. Amen, amen. <laughs> uh, of course, um, uh, th- we've got some great uh, saints. Man, there's a whole bunch this week and today. I mean, it's and just, that's the most fun uh, about being I know, Catholic. I know. It's always awesome. There's always a celebration. But, yeah, I know you can take off on one particular, <laughs> but but I have a, a, a fondness for the life of of the North American martyrs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, St. Isaac Jogues and companion, St. Charles Labouf. Uh, I'm going to just share a little bit about St. Isaac Jogues. Jogues, I'm sorry. He was a Jesuit min- uh, missionary priest. He was captured in 1642 by the Mohawks. Actually, I thought it was the... The um, uh, oh, come on, the other one, not the Huron, but the no. Oh, it'll hit me in a, little, in a bit when I'm saying this. Anyway, he was enslaved and tortured and mutilated for 13 months. Okay, so is he the one who had his? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Don't say it yet. Uh, while he taught the faith to to any of his captors who would listen, he finally escaped 
and briefly recuperated in France, but returned to the New World in 1644 to continue his work wow. with, with the natives. And he was killed by t- being tomahawked and scalped. Oh, but it was the Iroquois chief. Okay, there you go. The second Iroquois. Time. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, on October 18th, 1646, in, in that area, which would later become upstate New York. He's wow. one of the North American martyrs. And he, he says here, my confidence is placed in God who does not need our help for accomplishing his designs. Our single endeavor should be to give ourselves the work he has placed before us and to be faithful to him and not to spoil his work by our shortcomings. So yes, and wow. I, yeah, you, one, one of the things that took place is, is they nod off his fingers. I know, fingers. that's what I'm thinking about. Yes, they and, nod and, off and, his and as a priest, you know, he, he had to get a special... Fingers. Yeah, exactly. He had to get a special dispensation uh, to be able to celebrate Holy Mass that's because right. he didn't have his fingers. You have um, to be able to elevate the Eucharist. But that he went back. And I've heard different, different stories of him... They, they, when he died, actually, they actually, I believe they poured boiling water and tar oh over him goodness. because, and he was still alive. And that's wow. when they had to tomahawk him to death. Oh my but, goodness. But, but the Indians. It's um, gotten really graphic on it, Rising yeah, Walk I'm today. sorry about that, folks. Um, <laughs> but they, 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 not only did they drink his blood. <clears throat> no way. But they, they really? cut out his heart because the, the, the Native Americans there wanted his bravery. They his could spirit, not his believe courage. How wow. incredible he went. Now, I hadn't heard that. So, wow. St. Isaac Job's jokes and, wow. and companions uh, pray for us. And you got some other saints to talk about. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> I have recently become fallen in love. I'm sorry, Richard. Anna. I have fallen in love with Blessed Carl of Austria. Now, I heard of him a few years ago. He is very well known as the last emperor of Austria, and his life is magnificent. And the reason why we're mentioning him today is because his feast is on Wednesday, October 21st. And this man died at the age of 34 from complications from pneumonia, and he got very ill and passed away. He led such a holy life. It is very obvious why he is a blessed. He was um, canonized, beatified by Pope uh, St. John Paul II in 2004. This man was beautifully courageous, a fantastic husband, a fabulous father, truly dedicated to peace, was definitely, he was trying to end the First World War and really tried to go secretly because a lot of people in his and his administration and his campaign were corrupt. What does that remind you of? And I think it's so important to learn more about him because he is a really good model for husbands, wives, children. This man was holy. And the reason, which is very interesting, that his feast day is October 21st is not because that's the day of his death. He actually died on April 1st. October 21st is the day of his wedding to his beautiful bride, Zita. And his bride actually lived as a widow till she died in 89. And there's actually a process of a beatification for her already in the works. There are beautiful images of him laying in state after he passed away. He has glorious quotes. I mean, he's very, very holy. He loved adoration. He loved going to Holy Holy Mass every single day. He was very involved in his children's lives. They had eight children, one of whom was born after his death. Remember, he died when he was 34, so they were a very young couple. He, he was just tremendous leader. And although I can't possibly give you all the details of his life right now, I encourage you to look to him as someone who is a very modern 
saint. Not modern in the sense that he's up to date with culture. Modern in that he's in recent times. He lived in the early 1900s. And so he's such a good example of what it means to be Catholic. He was an emperor, so he had the excuse of being able to just be surrounded by riches, but he was very much about the poor. He was in the world, but not of the world. And he was a beautiful father and husband and ruler. And he exemplified holiness in a way that is outstanding. And my prayer is that he is canonized to sainthood very quickly because he is a perfect role model. And I actually know there are a lot of churches all around the world, especially in the United States, who are becoming very devoted to him. And there are little shrines, images. There's a beautiful painting of him because there are photographs, obviously, because he's in the 1900s. So he's a current saint. So there's photographs of him and his wife on their wedding day, then with all their children, him at different events, him at Holy Mass outside, uh, kneeling. Um, it's just glorious. And he, there's a beautiful images of him in his military uniform. He was known sometimes as Carl the Sudden because he would never send his men anywhere that he was not willing to go, even in, during the war. And he would just show up like with the troops <laughs> and the troops would be shocked and amazed that he was arriving in danger and being with his men. He was a beautiful, tremendously holy man. So I encourage you to learn more about Carl of Aust- blessed Carl of Austria, his lovely wife, Zita, and, and remember him in your prayers on Wednesday is his feast day. He is actually has feast day right before Pope St. John Paul II, which is the next day on the 22nd. And he was the one who beatified him. I encourage you to look him up because he is an outstanding, outstanding role model for today. Amen. Amen. And of course, uh, St. John Paul II Tremendous. Just, you know, all of his writings. Everybody loves Pope all Saint the John saints Paul. That, yes. he, that he canonized. Yes. And those that he beatified. Just so many. And I know a saint of our modern times. And many people mm-hmm. that listening to right now were alive during his, his reign, during mm-hmm. his lifetime. It's amazing. Just, I'm just thinking about all the films that you would see know, on right? YouTube and everything <laughs> on Facebook where the song from Youth Day, you know, Jesus Christ, you are my life. And they're all the images of him. Loving you from the altar, just you could feel his beauty, the beauty of his soul and love of Christ from wherever he was. That's why people loved him so much yeah. because he loved our Lord and our Lady, and that shone, and everyone adored him. So I am just so, yeah, so and every time I in love I, with I, him we, too. His, his name co- pops up. I'm always reminded of the. <clears> uh, the, what you share in common with him, of course, being Catholic, but uh, you have also read True Devotion to, um, sorry, True yes. Devotion to Mary, which he read seven times. I forget how many times yes, he read Yes, exactly. I mean, so I, early in our reawakening to our Catholic faith, True Devotion to Mary by St. Louis de Montfort was one of the book, uh, the book, really, yep, yep. that changed my whole life and my whole heart, and that and the Lamb's Supper with Scott Hahn. But this consecration by St. Louis de Marie Grignon, right? Come on. I read it and it was fantastic. And it wasn't until after I read it that I heard somewhere that Pope St. John Paul II had read that book seven times. Wow. And so his whole motto of totally yours to Our Lady comes from Totus him doing us. the consecration yes. from True Devotion to Mary. So I encourage you, that is the most outstanding book that has to be the number one on my list of great books that will change your life. Obviously, aside from the Holy yes. Bible, from Scripture, sacred <laughs> Scripture, the, the inerrant Word of God. <laughs> but if you have never read this book and you really, really want to become closer to God, you have to read Total Consecration to the Virgin Mary because it is 
fantastic. And we have Pope St. John Paul to thank for it in the sense that he really awakened people to the beauty of this writing and therefore encouraged a lot of people to come devoted to our Blessed Mother. Amen. Wow. Okay, on fire for this uh, show. Woo-hoo! But I want to get to our guest really quickly. Usually we <laughs> wait until 12.30 before we jump into our uh, <laughs> We're chat not going to do that But today. of course, today we have Eddie Pettis, CEO of A Woman's Haven. Uh, they've got an event coming up. They're doing some great... Uh, uh, what do you want to well, say? they're always doing Making great work. Making great strides in the pro-life right. uh, movement here in the San Antonio South Texas area. Right. And I don't want to. I don't want to go to a break. So, and, and I'm in charge of the show, so I can make that call. <laughs> uh, so, with that, uh, Eddie, uh, dude, I'm glad you're here. Welcome we, to Rising Walk, Eddie Pettis. <laughs> and on camera, I forget if you were on camera last time, but you're on camera now, so they can all Yay. see you. <laughs> it, it takes like 15 pounds off you, so it's, it's a great camera. Um, I would not. <laughs> agree with that at all <laughs> eddie how are you doing man give me give me what's going on oh it's a little busy a and this little, time okay yes. so first yeah. of all the curiosity would be what do you do i don't tell tell us where you are because i know a lot of people who know you yeah. you know a lot of people you're shucking and driving all over the place and people know what you do yeah. but for those of us who have never who have never heard of you or know what you do tell us a little bit about what you do Sure. So um, in about 2012, 2013, I went uh, on an axe retreat at my mm-hmm. church. And when I came back, I knew that um, I had been uh, very lacking in, in, in serving others. Okay. So I wanted to get involved in, in um, different ministries to see how I could help. And I joined the Knights of Columbus. I um, joined a, a marriage enrichment ministry i uh, was on axe team and i was doing all these things and just something was missing something okay. something else was calling me and i wasn't sure what it was um in 2013 i had the opportunity to take over the pregnancy center that my mom and my wife had actually co-founded awesome. uh, for various reasons it was a situation where they just weren't going to be able to devote the time needed to keep okay. the organization going um so they asked me if if i would step in and i did and that just that just started a fire. I don't know where it came from, <laughs> but ever since then, I've been going a thousand miles an hour. Um, I did. I volunteered for about five five years while I was a financial advisor okay. um, at USAA. I'd been there a very long time, and then two years ago, we had grown so much that I had to quit um, wow. USAA. So now I'm full time at a woman's saving, um, in charge of you know, the whole organization. Now you've been doing some amazing work and we've been following you for quite a while, having known you and you're like on the forefront of what's going on in San Antonio pro-life. Tell us about your actual location because the story, I, the story is amazing. And you, I've heard you say it many times over the course of attending your fabulous events, but for those people who may not appreciate how much God (laughs) plays a part in everything that happens, his divine will is perfect. Yeah. He has really done some amazing things in growing a woman's haven and placing you in a specific position. Yeah, Tell before, us about what yeah, happened. Before you answer that, sure. I mean, Paul Maple must know you really well because he keeps saying Eddie is awesome. Eddie is awesome. Oh, Eddie wow. Awesome, Paul so. Maple. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, doesn't ring a bell. Okay. <laughs> I got it. Well, he loves you. I don't think. So, what, back at you, Paul. Love you, Jim. Well, last <laughs> I know, Paul moved to Australia. I'm not sure if he's back in the States. Wow. So I'm not sure he'll let us know. Wow. But, uh, that's awesome. Oh, that's uh, cool. Should I say stop? I'm not even going to try to do an Australia. Yeah, give us that update. Yeah, so, um, you know, we we had been see, seeing about 250 girls a year mm-hmm. um, while my uh, mom and, and wife were in charge. It was basically just my mom 
and a couple of volunteers that were open a few days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been able to grow over the last five or six years from 250 um, to now over 3,000 girls a year that we um, help who are struggling with um, either being pregnant or thinking that they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what I realized early on I did, uh, being a financial advisor, I'm, typically I'll do a lot of research right. uh, before I make any decisions. And so um, I looked at what was working in the pro-life movement, what wasn't working, and I tried to uh, put that together and put together a strategy for a woman's haven to, to grow our organization. Mm-hmm. And so um, what I found across the country was that most of the abortion facilities – um, including San Antonio, they they were not in front of the abortion facilities. They were two miles away, three miles away, 10 mm-hmm. miles away. And what I found or thought about was, okay, so if girls are going into the abortion facilities and we don't want them to and we want to give them different options, it, do, it doesn't sound reasonable to me to tell the girl, you know, there's other options and, and things that we can help you with. Um, you just got to go about five miles down the road. There's this pregnancy right. center that might be able to help you. Right. They're just not going to go. Right. And the other thing is that um, 90% of all women who go into an abortion facility who are pregnant end up getting an abortion. Wow. But the opposite is true as well for pregnancy centers. If that girl goes into a pregnancy center instead of the abortion facility, 90% of them will choose to keep their baby. Wow. So I felt we needed to be right there on the front lines, we needed to be in the lion's den. So um, we immediately moved our, our center across the street from uh, an existing abortion facility in San Antonio, and we immediately went from about 250 girls a year to about 1,300. That's incredible. Uh, very, very quick. Um, in about a year, year and a half, that abortion facility moved. Hopefully, I like to think it was because of us, because we were taking their clients. Um, <laughs> so they moved, and I thought, well... So what happens if these abortion facilities just keep moving every time we we get a brick-and-mortar location? Mm -hmm. So we decided to get a mobile ultrasound van, and we did that in uh, 2017. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah, yeah. we parked it in front of uh, the other two abortion facilities in town. Uh, Over a two-year period, we saved about 800 babies from from being aborted. Wow. And one of the abortion facilities on the south side, they were doing over a thousand abortions a year, mm, surgical that's and saline. incredible. Um, and heartbreaking. By being by taking all their clients, we were able to shut them down in December of 2018. Fantastic. So, um, you know, I'm thinking yeah. about you saying that, and I'm thinking that's such a guy thing for you to be so yeah. practical about it. Yeah. You really thought about. I mean, literally the practicalities of how do we get from A to B? Where do yeah. we? Where do we? Where do we need to position ourselves? And then how do we how do we not let them get out of our grasp? So we're literally you're literally going to where they are. It's almost like tag. You're going to where they are. And then you're also following them where they are. And so you're not playing on their playing field. You're actually making it your your field and you're actually being proactive as opposed to just being defensive and you know, reacting to what they're doing. It's really a different kind of mindset. And we were talking before the show that you really feel like in the pro-life movement, we need to be of that mindset. Share with our listeners what you were talking about, because this is a really good point. I mean, the pro-abortion industry is very much an industry. Mm -hmm. They're very business-minded, and it is a business. Um, Let let 
your heart not be tricked into thinking that this is a virtuous thing and they're doing right. it because they care about the woman or they care about the baby or the family or the world. Right. It is a business and they are making money off the murder of children. So tell me about your perspective about how you are thinking it really is. We need to flip our mindset and think about this in a different way. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I wanted mm-hmm. to look and see what was already existing and what was working. Mm-hmm. And from a marketing perspective, uh, instead of looking at what the other pregnancy centers were doing, I went to see what the abortion facilities were doing. Mm-hmm. What's on their website? How do they know your enemy, right? Because they, <laughs> they have an unlimited budget. And when I say of unlimited, course. I mean an unlimited really? budget. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to spend our precious dollars on marketing when I can just duplicate what they're doing? Right. So one of the things we did um, a couple years ago was we were able to buy the building 50 feet from the mega abortion facility here in San Antonio. And by doing that, we went from seeing about three or four girls a day to up to 20 girls a day. Wow. And when we looked at what our signage was would look like, um, I, I didn't do any research. I just looked at, well, what's in front of the abortion that's facility really next smart. to That's right. really <laughs> smart, Eddie. And I so mean, our signs replicate. were same color. Same, everything. And it said free pregnancy tests, free ultrasounds. That's it. That's very crafty. Very very sneaky, but in a good way. And (laughs) we don't want to counsel the girls on the sidewalk. What we want to do is get them in the door. Right. Offer them the services that they're going to need anyways. They Mm -hmm. have to have a pregnancy test. They have to have an ultrasound. Why are they going to go into the abortion facility and pay that $250, $500? When they can get it for free. When they get it for free, right? Absolutely. So a perfect example, you were mentioning 40 Days for Life. Um, During the campaign, we've had uh, seven girls. Really? Just during this 40 Days for Life? Yeah, there's been seven girls who've been walked over to our facility. Wonderful. And all seven chose life. Babies. So there's going to be seven babies in the world because of that. That's beautiful. And so one of the things also is, is that you know, um, the whole one of the, the, the marketing things that they do to talk bad about the pregnancy centers is that they only care about the baby. Um, uh, one which of the is things, such a lie. Yeah. One of the things we do is we help them throughout the pregnancy and then up to three years after the child is born. Mm-hmm. So, and you're helping them in yeah. every aspect of their lives. I mean, I, yeah. I've heard Darlene, one of your fabulous nurses, talk about how the first thing that you do is find out exactly what is the worry of the woman, the right. pregnant woman. What what are her concerns? And you go about the business of either eliminating those concerns or educating them enough that they no longer are concerns anymore. Right. Because I think the world, the culture will tell you, you've got to be worried. Do you have enough money? Does my husband or boyfriend want me to do this? Is my dad going to be kicked out? And, and it's all these peripheral issues that there is always an answer for. Right. But the answer is never that the baby should die because of this. Right. And so you help her go through all the different scenarios, all the different concerns that are specific to her. Mm-hmm. It's not a cookie cutter thing. I mean, it it's very specific to her. And she is helped in a way that the the pro-abortion industry does not want women to know that right. you are there to help them. Right. You know, what I love about it is right. that, you know, a lot of my uh, approaches when it comes to evangelization is I love to follow the whole the phrase, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you mm-hmm. care. And that mm-hmm. seems to be, I'm not sure if it's officially that, but yeah. you all really get to know uh, these women when they walk in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. beautiful. We, wanna, we, we talk to them to find out what's going on. Right. You know, what's what are the issues? Um, And lots of times it has to um, do with money. 
um, in one form or another. So mm-hmm. if you take it to, if you kind of take it to the ridiculous, if every girl who was considering an abortion, if you gave them a million dollars and said, if you don't have an abortion, I'll give you a million dollars. Right. How many abortions would we have in this country? Wow. Probably zero, right? Yeah. Okay. So you bring it down and you, you talk to the woman and you say, you know, what is going to cause you, what, what is causing you to think that abortion is your only option? Right. And it can be something as, you know, I don't have a place to live. Okay, well, right. what if we help you find a place to live? Right. Or I won't be able to go to school. Well, mm-hmm. what if we help you get scholarships for school? Because actually, as a single mother, now you qualify right. for scholarships right. you wouldn't before. We've had as simple as a mother who um, was going to have an abortion because she didn't have a double stroller. And so wow. we got her a double stroller, and she actually had the baby. She brought in with with the baby, um, I think, six months later. So um, we find out what she believes the crisis is or mm-hmm. the problem, and we solve the problem. And so we are, one of our biggest mottos is we have no barriers to service. So uh, we had a situation where, and we've never done this before, but we had a situation where a mother um, had four children. She was pregnant with her fifth. She was going into uh, the abortion facility. She decided um, she was walked over by someone on the sidewalk. Mm. Um, she ended up deciding to uh, have, uh, have an adoption plan for that baby. Okay. Um, but why did she want an adoption plan for that baby? Mm-hmm. Because she didn't have a car big enough to hold all her children. Wow. And so I thought, that right. is crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I reached out to our supporters and said, hey, is there any way... Um, anybody has a minivan who mm-hmm. seats maybe eight, and we could buy it from them. Yeah. And we got multiple emails back, but one Beautiful. of them um, emailed and said, you can have our minivan. <laughs> and That's so amazing. we provided that to her, and so now she's going to keep the, the baby. And, of course, we can't do that f- hardly ever, but under yeah. that scenario, that, that kind of proves that there's no barrier to service. You we'll know, Eddie, whatever we need. you know, with all the things that you do, you help them in, you know, along their walk uh, while they're pregnant uh, and after the baby's born as well. Yeah. Uh, that cost, that you know, there's there's a, funds that are required to make that happen. Those right. are practical uh, you know, things. Right? I understand you get an event coming up, right? That's going to help with that. Right. Tell us all about that. If you could. Well, I keep playing the lottery. It's not working out. Oh so. man, <laughs> yeah. me too, dude. So yeah, we we have that our was events. your plan too. That was our plan at the GRN to win the lottery and pay for everything off. So we uh, we have our event. It's uh, Thursday, November fifth. It's at uh, Cornerstone, and we have the incredible Abby Johnson as our keynote speaker. Is it a physical event? Uh, yes, it's actually really happening. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so awesome. We'll, we'll we'll do all the safety things that we need to do. That's mandated Absolutely. by the state. Um, but we're having the event, and if anybody's interested, they can go to a womanshaven.eventbrite.com, and we do have some tables available if anybody wants to uh, fill a table our events are always free to attend of course at the end we'll ask for for financial assistance from whoever wants to give it but um yeah you can get information uh at that website so if somebody wants to wants to get a table and fill it with their friends um again this is the process they go through they go to the website yeah they'll go to like i said a woman's haven not so let me spell it, A-W-O-M-A-N-S-H-A-V-E-N dot Eventbrite, E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. And on there is my contact info. Okay. If you do want to fill a table, if you just want to attend, uh, you just register. Right Fantastic. So, yeah. Um, I think it's so important to remind people that um, we have to be out in the world doing the business mm-hmm. of saving the 
every single baby. We talked about it in the prayer prior to at the beginning of the of the show. Every single life is willed into existence by God, and absolutely no one but God Himself has the authority to take it away. Right. And I, we were talking earlier about Catholics in particular, knowing their faith well enough to know the difference and the weight of abortion. And we were talking specifically about, you know, in this day and age, I mean, all the crazy that's going on in 2020, I'll be really happy when it's uh, 2021. Although there are some doomsday people who say, be careful what you wish for because you don't know what 2021. All I know is that God is in control and it's something that you, you depend on God. We're just talking about you. You say you don't do that for everyone. This van, you did it because with, with God, all things are possible. right? Right. And so in every scenario, the willingness that you have, you're literally trusting, surrendering, which is what Richard and I tell people to do all the time. Yeah. If you trust and surrender, God will provide. Now, will it necessarily always be what you wanted? Maybe mm-hmm. not. But it will be the perfect decision because God's mm-hmm. will is perfect. And so in this age of the crazy with COVID and there's riots and they've got the election and all, we can't go to Holy Mass and a lot of people are very nervous and scared and stuff. Right. It's so important to remember that the work that y'all are doing is not stopping. So during COVID, the the abortion mills were still open, right? right. They were considered essential. And so there right. were still being baby. There were still babies being killed in these abortion clinics. Talk a little bit about that concern and what you had to do during the time of the plague when it was really first beginning. Yeah, so I, I, um, we, we definitely had to make some hard executive decisions. And um, it kind of just boiled down to that. We just, you know, as a committee asked ourselves, well, ab- um, the abortion facilities are open. How come we're not open? Right. And so we did make it voluntary for mm-hmm. the staff. You know, if, right. if they decided they wanted to stay at home or they didn't feel comfortable coming into the office, we gave them that option. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, probably about 30%, maybe 40% of our staff decided to do that okay. until they felt comfortable coming back. So normally, the abortion facilities are open like 42 hours a week. We're normally open 54 hours a week. Okay. So we're open um, even during the times where the abortion facilities open later in the day. So, for example, so was there a decrease or an increase during the massive? I mean, when, when, when everything seemed shut down, yeah. but they weren't shut down. Were there still women, uh, a lot of women? I know there were yes. still women, but there was still a lot of women yeah, going? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It was, it was, it was really? roughly, it did not decrease, and it didn't increase that much. It was about um, Stayed about the, the same, course. Yeah, really? Yeah. Because, um, like I said, the abortion facilities were open. We were open normally, like I said, 54 hours a week, but we had to um, uh, bring it down to about 40, 42 hours a week wow. because of staffing. Bring it down to 42, um, wow. Yeah, they, they so, were. I mean, like women are going in, I mean, they're afraid to go to HEB, they're afraid right. to go back to work or wherever, school or whatever, right. but they're heading to the abortion mill to still pursue the abortion. And if you got them into your building and, mm-hmm. and told them, we are going to help you, was there were there conversations that were being had that that where women were actually concerned and scared because of the circumstances at the moment was Um, there any one of them who said i'm afraid for my baby for covid or the circumstances never changed and they were still thinking well i don't have the money it's going to ruin my life blah blah blah, all the standard yeah yeah both those are both i mean there were some who came in and there were some who said how can i bring a baby into the world when we have covid 
Mm. And so wow. we just wow. we just we we talk them off the ledge. We we have a sure. regular conversation with them. We um you know show them show them how much we care, like Richard is talking about. Right. And we never we never preach to them. We don't have um, crosses and Bibles everywhere. Sure. We don't do that. We show them in action. And there's no had, dipping them in holy water and no, stuff like not that. At all. Oh wow! And, and I was kind of assuming that was going to happen. We've had girls who have <laughs> who have a. Uh, gone to the church afterwards just I by bet. our example. I bet. You know, and what I we're bet. doing for them. So, wow. absolutely. Amazing. So, I'm sure you, everything you're doing, you all keep busy. Uh, mm-hmm. You all keep praying. Yeah. Uh, whenever they walk over a girl, I mean, it'd be neat to, to be a fly in the wall to see how this process takes place. Uh, do you by yeah. chance have tours there at the this location? Um, we we do periodically. We don't do them as much as we used to. Mm-hmm. Um, if if someone would like to maybe tour the facility, they would just need to um, get in touch with me. So we don't we don't do them as often. Um, the process is relatively simple. I mean, we always are making sure that we keep their their privacy um, uh, as a, as the priority. Um, when they walk in. We just ask, we don't say to them, oh, you know, what are you here for? You know, when there's girls in the lobby <laughs> there, we just say, may I have your, your, your driver's license? Yeah. We make a copy of it and then we bring them back and then we have the conversation with them. So sure. very, very private, very um, uh, understanding of their situation and, and their vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, we never, we never manipulate them or tell them untruths. I mean, if a girl calls and says, do you guys do abortions? We don't say, yes, come on in. We don't do that. We right. tell them the truth. We say, you know, no, we don't, but have you confirmed your pregnancy yet? And no, we I haven't. Give okay, a, well, free pregnancy you, need to, test. You, know, yeah. um, you need to confirm that first. Come on in. Um, or, you know, in Texas, you have to have an ultrasound in order to have an abortion. Um, so we can provide them the ultrasound for free. For free. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And we actually show them the heartbeat and sh- or let them listen to the heartbeat and see the picture of the ultrasound. Which is something the, the Planned Parenthood won't let you see yeah. the ultrasound. They won't, and they know why. And they, they know, know why, because it'll yeah. confirm that it's actually a baby. Yeah, it's a baby. Absolutely. So, you know, because it's not the, the apostolate that I'm in and run, yeah. what do the numbers look like when a, a girl comes in the door, mm-hmm. she's pregnant, uh, you sit her down, you chat with her, you get to the point where, you, of course, you do the pregnancy test and it comes back positive, and you go through the ultrasound, and they mm-hmm. hear the, yeah. the, the heartbeat, uh, and then they, I'm sure you provide them a little image. Right. Uh, the percentage of women that, that get to that point, how many of them keep their baby? Yeah, it's, it's, it's 90% with or without the ultrasound. Wow. Okay. But the ultrasound is just that extra bit of every now and then. And it's actually our first save on our uh, mobile ultrasound van was a situation where no matter what we said to the mother, she was going to have an abortion. Mm. And she came on the van. uh, We we did the ultrasound and the baby waved at the mother. (laughs) So at that point, the mother said, yeah, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not having an abortion. So she kept the baby. So it's pretty rare, but it. It does happen. So you know, so I can remember in my experiences with y'all having uh, been to your facility at the old location, mm-hmm. and also being in your beautiful van that is just really fantastic, um, and seeing two women mm-hmm. and have having different reactions. So the first woman that I saw, it was the van was filled with joy yeah. because even though the girl had circumstances uh, that were difficult. She was convinced after seeing the ultrasound that it was, and this was actually a return. So she was getting to see the baby again and confirming Mm -hmm. things. 
Um, and so it was a joyful occasion. Darlene was very lovely and really confident in her in her explanation of things and provided her with great sonogram photos. And she yeah. left just full of hope. And then I saw a woman go through the ultrasound at the facility and she did not look at the ultrasound machine. She did not look at the image, even though she was offered and right. and not necessarily pushed in any way, but encouraged to look like just, yeah. you know, told, you know, you can look right here, sweetie. Yeah. And she absolutely did not want to look at her baby. I saw her baby. Mm-hmm. And she left very decisively saying, you know, that's it. I mean, I mean, she was determined and nothing was going to change her mind. So I do know that that happens. Yeah. And I do know that it's very, very rare. Yeah. And it boggled my mind yeah. because that's exactly what you're saying. Planned Parenthood does not want you to see this ultrasound because then you'll know that it's a real baby. Right. Even at the earliest stages, you can see very clearly that it's a human baby, yeah. not a clump of cells, um, a living human being. You can hear the heartbeat and everything. And, and to know that our culture in some cases is so hardened that even proof, yeah. even proof, and this, and this couple, married couple, had only one other child, and she explained very clearly that this baby was just not, they yeah. didn't want the baby. Yeah. And wow. I remember thinking afterwards, I was trying really hard to contain myself. I wasn't crying, but I was very nervous that I would make her uncomfortable. Sure. So I was trying to be as quiet as possible. And the nurse was, Tammy was fantastic. She was very professional mm-hmm. and very compassionate, but be being very professional. And I remember weeks later thinking, why didn't I tell that girl, I'll take your baby. Mm-hmm. I'll take your baby. And I remember that baby was conceived around Valentine's day wow. and would have been born around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And after hearing all the stories of women who are walking wounded after mm-hmm. their abortions, my heart goes out to that young girl because she was young, but, but not super young, married and already yeah. had a child. Talk about what you tell the girls. Do you tell the girls about anything about what kind of effect this will have on them should they pursue abortion? Do you even go there? Because there's so many statistics yeah. about how illnesses of so many sorts are increased your propensity for all kinds of cancers mm-hmm. i mean you could maybe not have another baby ever again because the abortions i mean they're slap stick and you're in and out right you know in a few minutes and it's done and they mm-hmm. may damage part of your body and Absolutely. i mean it's it's surgery yeah and i think a lot of people don't look at the realities do you ever have that conversation or it's not something that you would do because you know, this, I don't know enough about the scenario. What, yeah. what in so, your So we provide experience. them with the Texas Health and Human Services uh, booklet, which is called A Woman's Right to Know. Okay. And it details all of that. We will highlight mm-hmm. some of the statistics that are in there. Okay. Um, we always want to make sure that, you know, there's no, no one saying that we are manipulating or sure. telling them untruths. Sure. We, we show it to them in black and white. Right. Um, And we will highlight some of the statistics depending on that person's um, situation. But the reality is, is that um, I think the last time I saw the statistic, it's about 86% of all women who have had an abortion um, regret it. And I believe the other 14% just haven't said that they do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it Um, hasn't hit them yet. Because I I would imagine there are some women who 
who yeah. it's impossible for them to push it aside for a very, yes. very, very long time. Yes. And and I'm remembering the movie Unplanned with Abby Johnson, and I'm remembering the horror of of everything that she talks about from the moment she realizes what abortion actually is right. to her own abortion. And I just, it's a fabulous movie. I encourage people. I mean, it's been out for a while. It's literally available everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I would highly encourage you, if you're the type that's at, that's, you want to be pro-life in the in the way that we are called to be as Catholics, because as Catholics, it is very clear: abortion is an intrinsic evil. Right. It is the most weighty issue. If you don't have life, you don't have any other liberties. Right. And we know from our prayer and from the Catechism that if someone is created, they were willed into existence by God. So you literally would be snuffing out. The, the will of God were you to eliminate a child. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important if you are on the fence, maybe even in this election cycle, because you are of the mindset that there are other things that are as important. Know now that I really encourage you to see, to hear that theology roundtable from EW10 that aired last week. It will completely convince you otherwise and make it very clear to you that abortion is an intrinsic evil and we absolutely, under no circumstances, can encourage it, in, endorse it, um, pretend that it doesn't matter enough, and therefore uh, make other things more important. It is by far the most evil thing. And we are convincing ourselves that it is not, and it yeah. absolutely is. You know, here's a question I have for you, and I'm probably uh-huh. going to respond to that. But when, do you ever get the, the fathers coming in with them? And what? so, how do you handle that? Like um, a boyfriend the or a husband, coming. or is the dad's coming. So the the biggest problem, um, the reason the the reason abortion exists is because of the men. Yeah, um, that's just. Yeah, I would have really hit that issue. Yeah, I was going to say I knew exactly what you were go, saying going yeah. after the show's over. Yeah. But yeah. we go a little bit further into with the Facebook Live as well. Yeah, we, fatherlessness, and I want to touch on that because without Julie here, then you and I can just go bam, 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 bam. Right, that issue. Right, tell me about that part. Um, I'll use myself as an example. So when I was 21 years old, something like that, um, I was in college and I was dating a girl and we thought that she might be pregnant. Mm -hmm. My parents have been in the pro-life movement. They went to the very first March for Life in 1974. Wow. Okay. So they've been involved a very long time. I come from an extremely pro-life family and we went to... Um, a, a clinic that did pregnancy tests. Um, I didn't necessarily know if they did abortions. It, I, my head was just spinning. I didn't know what right. to do. So we go into the, um, uh, the, the, the clinic, and they did do abortions. And she uh-huh. went to the back to get a pregnancy test, and my head was Spinning. I didn't know what to do because wow. this was not a girl that I was in love with, that I wanted to marry. None of that. Wow. Right. And so I'm thinking about it and you wouldn't believe what came into my head. But at some point, the words came in my head. Well, it's not really a baby yet. Right. Mm. Wow. So for me, from a pro-life family to have that come into my head, mm-hmm. what's happening with everybody else that That's doesn't right. have that support? And guess what? I'm the dad, right? right if she right. was pregnant, That's I'm my the baby. dad. Right. And my thought was, it's just a blob. Right. So when I say 
And, and I'm telling you, this girl, if she would have been pregnant and I would have said, it's just a blob, she would just have done get it. an abortion, she would have done it. Mm-hmm. And if I would have told her, I'm going to marry you, we're going to raise this child together, don't worry about it, she would have kept the baby. Wow. So it's literally life and death on your all decision. the time. So wow. when you ask the question, do men come into our facilities, um, the answer is mostly, overwhelmingly, no. Mm-hmm. Because if they did, they wouldn't need to come to us because the man is there supporting the mom. Right. Yeah. And the idea of having an abortion never crosses their mind. Right. So no. we don't, I, I would probably guess, um, probably 85, 90% come in without. By themselves um, or. Come or, in by themselves. And that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. They don't have yeah. any support system. And that's why, you know, telling a mother that it's really a baby and you shouldn't have an abortion is not enough. Right. You have to work on the mother and save the mother, which then saves the baby. Right. Right? So if you can talk to the mother and show her you're going to love her, support her, help her, um, you know, when she first comes in, if she's pregnant, we give her a blessing bag that's full of diapers and goodies and all kinds of things, letting her know, hey, this is just the beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to be there for you if you need maternity clothes, if you need a place to live, if you need, you know, the brakes on your car are not working, so they need to be fixed so you can get to work. Whatever it is, we we let her know that the uh, barriers of service do not exist. You know, the the reason I asked you that is because of the times I've been out praying on the sidewalk there at Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood right across the street from your location. Right. You know, sometimes I see the guys show up and you can tell there's tension, there's, there's, you know, it almost feels like they're walking them in there to make sure they get that... Right. Problem. Well, and sometimes Protocol. they don't walk in with them. Sometimes they drive them there and they wait in the car. You'll see a lot of guys mm-hmm. waiting in the car or smoking outside mm-hmm. um, if they're there at all. I've seen a lot of girls arrive with friends mm-hmm. or what looks like mothers or grandmothers, which is really disturbing. Um, and right. yeah, those, for the most part, these girls, these women are alone. Yes. Yeah. And what, whoever right. got them there is not with them right. when yeah. they go. Or, or they're in the parking lot, like Richard said, <clears throat> because they want them to get the abortion. Right. And they just like, want to verify that it actually you know, is going to happen. You're not even man enough to walk in right. to the same place she's right. going to. If you are making her get an abortion, you're not even right. man enough to walk in with her. Wow. And what's yeah, reinforcing you know? it is the culture saying to the woman, what you need to say is my body, my choice. Right. A lot of women are being fed the mantra, you have no right man of mine whoever it is i'm having a relationship with boyfriend husband father you have no right to tell me because you're a man right you don't know or have anything to do with this Mm -hmm. except that they're denying the obvious truth which is that you can't have a baby without the man and so he is 50 percent of this conversation right and whether it was uh him saying yes or no to the baby he if he says yes and he wants this baby, because I mean, let's face it, there are many men who are their children are killed because they want to keep the baby, but the girl says no, right. I don't want the baby. I mean, let's not forget there are many men who have lost children because uh, the woman has said, you know, I don't care if you say you want me to keep it. This, I, it's my body, my choice, and right. I am going to have the abortion. Well, okay. I say, you know, and and really. <clears throat> 
you know, people want to hear what they want to hear, but if they if they say that, I say, well, then you don't agree with Roe versus Wade, which was decided by seven men. That's right. Or I say, well, if it was your body, your choice, you'd be the one who dies in the abortion. Right, right? which is the obvious so contradiction. It's 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 you can do all of that, but the, again, the reality is is that um, most, the overwhelming majority of women do not want to have an abortion. Right. They just can't can't think of a way out right and if you can provide that to them you know even if 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 you're in a situation where you have a daughter or um a a girlfriend or a wife who wants to have an abortion and they're adamant about it you could you know you could always default to well let me get you the pregnancy center at least we don't have to pay 250 dollars or 500 dollars for the pregnancy test and the ultrasound right let's at least get that for free right and then when she comes in and gets it you know, maybe she changes her mind right. with the with the help of the, the the counselors who are trained to talk to her. So, real quick, so. I, Paul did mention he. You don't know who he is, but he's been following <laughs> you on Facebook. Excellent, and loves the work Excellent, that you do. Paul. He's actually the director or president. Maybe I wiped off my screen of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Ooh, wow, Hawaii. Oh wow! And I think Fantastic, it's in Paul. Yeah. Reach wow. out so to Eddie. Also, to add to that, I've got a cousin watching right now. Hi there, Ruben, and then Christina from the Valley. And Fantastic. this is cool. I love the whole Facebook thing. He tells me who's paying attention. To well, me. I mean, yeah. unfortunately, so. the topic of abortion really affects everyone in the whole world. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a million babies a year. Sixty million babies have died right. since the the Roe versus Wade decision. Which, if you are pro-life, you are really praying it gets overturned and that we see this wave of pro-life advocacy that's washing over America uh, come to fruition. I mean, it it is everything to do with the elections. If you are a Catholic, life is precious. We must always vote pro-life. We must vote our Catholic faith. And it's so important to remember that. Remember that God is asking you, he's... God is the author of life and therefore there's I mean there's imagine yourself being in front of Jesus and saying but but you know but what about this Lord well what about you know this you don't have to imagine it that's what's gonna that's what's gonna happen we're all gonna be asked hey 60 million of my babies died on your watch what did you do what did you do and the answer can't be well you know um, but what about immigration Jesus exactly so what about you know social justice one of the things is that you know the what about uh, the economy the majority Eddie. of americans <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, which, yeah, which are important issues yeah. but again life very important but if you're to. dead who cares right yeah. but if you're uh, dead and you've been murdered then you don't have to worry about any of those issues because the most fundamental thing has been taken away from you, right. which is so real quick, your right to life. I, I keep sure. interrupting because we got about two minutes left of okay. the on-air version okay. of what we're doing, and we take it into the after show. Again, Absolutely, that point, you can say bye to us. Sure. Um, but but I would touch again on your on your event that you got coming up because yes, I want to make sure we want people to I, come. I put a link to register on our Facebook feed here, so please, folks, click on that. And uh, there's a few tables left that people can. Can, can, and your can, events yeah. are outstanding. I must Thanks. say that every everything is just fantastic. And it's such a, I mean, this will be a perfect opportunity for people to come out of their houses finally. And just right. to do, that's why I was saying, is it yeah. real? Because yeah. I want to go to something real. Yeah. So yeah. the idea that you can, you can not only go to an excellent event and hear fantastic, encouraging things, but also know that, okay, I'm out there. I'm actually 
working for life in whatever right. capacity that is. Right. It's a beautiful thing to take part in. So tell us yeah, about the event you. one more time. Uh, yeah, so it's Thursday, November 5th at Cornerstone Church. They have a beautiful banquet uh, uh, hall there that we're going to have it in. If you want more information, go to a woman's haven, um, A-W-O-M-A-N-S-H-A-V-E-N dot eventbrite.com. And all the information's there. If you do want to, we have some tables left. Uh, if you do want to fill a table of 10, just reach out to me. My contact information is there. Mm-hmm. All of our events are always free to attend, but you have to register so you can print out your free ticket. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the event, we do ask for financial support if, if that's something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. And so we'll have uh, Abby Johnson. And by the way, and by the way, you have Abby Johnson, who is really rocking it out. I yeah. mean, we talk about she her influence is spreading wide and far. Yeah. I encourage you once again, watch the movie Unplanned. Go seek her out on YouTube. She is everywhere and we can't wait to see her in person again. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Fantastic. she's got a great story. And it's funny, we started seeing her back. She's a mover and a shaker. I want her yeah. to run for office. Mm. I'm imagining that she's got that somewhere in the works. Mm. She's a very determined woman. So I mm-hmm. I can see it's definitely something she would consider, hopefully. She's got a lot of young babies, beautiful babies, mm-hmm. a new baby. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's all good. And I, I totally encourage her to follow her vocation first. But this yeah. woman's making a difference in the pro-life oh, movement. And God yeah. is blessing her. So we have to pray for your yep. organization and Abby Johnson. So yes. with just uh, 30 seconds left to go, tell us about uh, the website, what information people can find on the website for A Woman's Haven. Yeah, so awomanshaven.org or .com. It's very um, uh, geared towards the woman. So it's very benign. It's very, hey, we're, we're here to help you. Um, we have these resources available. Uh, come in anytime. Um, you can call us if you'd like, but we take walk-ins, and it's a very safe place for them to be. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, yeah. so that brings it to, to end bless our on-air. Stick with us during the, the after show that. as we get just a little bit deeper and get down to the nitty-gritty. God bless y'all. And we'll catch you next week on Rise and Walk. Stay tuned for that Thanks for listening to Rise and Walk with Richard and Julie Reyna. To listen or watch again, go to iTunes or visit the Guadalupe Radio Network Facebook page. Have a question or comment? Email us at riseandwalk at grnonline.com. And make sure to join us next week for another episode of Rise and Walk. St. Thomas More's Knights of Columbus Council 7386 will be having their annual barbecue plate sale on October 24th at Carolyn Hall. The cost is $10 per plate and curbside pickup only. They'll be serving from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on October 24th. For tickets, call Noah at 210-459-9270. Or if you know any St. Thomas More Knights of Columbus Knights, you can get your tickets from them as well. 
Are you or someone you know getting married soon? KJMA listeners and parishioners of St. Matthew Catholic Church, Frank Rivera and Real Mission Media would like to congratulate all those who are engaged and excited for your sacramental wedding day. Did you know that 35% of couples admit if they could, they would go back and hire someone to film their wedding day? For more information about Real Mission Media, go to their website, realmissionmedia.com or call them at 210-344-2436. So the neighbor who we've spoken to, you know, just in greeting, but who I don't believe has ever spoken back to us, out of the blue uh, surprised us. One day we were getting the kids in the car for Mass and asked us if we were going to Mass. I was dumbstruck for about probably 10 seconds. It was great that we were, had an opportunity to share about our parish and that we were Catholic. Turned out she was Catholic too, and she assumed we were because of the bumper sticker on our car. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Celebrating the culture of life. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is KJMA 89.7 FM. Floresville, San Antonio. Also streaming the truth to the world at grnonline.com. It's food for the immortal soul. All day and all night. 